and welcome to Matt's Music Class, the podcast for learning to understand music. I'm Matt W. Dayton, and today we're going to be introduced to a very subtle background concept in the world of pitches that really works like an invisible hand guiding both the physical and emotional trajectory of most melody in the world. First, let's just listen to a nice little Scandinavian lullaby called Sula Rula Gertrude Me, which translates as Sleep My Little Gertrude. Sula rulla Gertrude Me, vill du ha snore på tröja di? Vill du ha gule eller vill du ha blå? Vill du ha röda ska du det få? Sula rulla Hmm, nice Nordic melody there. Gertrude is no doubt dreaming peacefully, but besides being plaintive and soothing, I want you to notice something else interesting about its structure, which relates to the main topic of the lesson today. So let me play the melody again on an instrument this time so that we don't get distracted by the words. See if you can get a sense of the melodic phrase's shapes and how they relate to each other as I play them here. Hopefully you noticed how the first phrase uh, starts with a big jump and then skips back downward, but interestingly, it doesn't just go back down to its starting pitch, it goes one step lower. The second phrase is much smoother and kind of glides along, but it does the same basic shape of going up and then cascading down, even lower this time. The third phrase then starts out sounding like a repetition of the second phrase, but does a surprise twist upward at the end. And the fourth phrase meanders its way back downward with the same trajectory as the first phrase, just with more notes involved. And here's the really interesting thing about this melody. Even though the structure is pretty much rounded off after these first four phrases, it's done a nicely varied A-B-B-A form, the melody's not done. It needs to do a fifth phrase, which, unlike all the others, starts at a low, low pitch and scrambles quickly up, 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 overshooting a tiny bit, but sticking the landing back on the first pitch of the song. Now, it's pretty unusual for a melody to tag on a new fifth phrase after it's already done a complete ABA form, but for this melody, it doesn't feel weird at all. That fifth phrase feels totally necessary, but why? What is it about the fourth phrase that makes us feel like it would not be a satisfying ending? Let me play the melody one more time, but this time I'm going to stop after the fourth phrase so you can really feel how necessary the fifth phrase is. It's like someone takes a big breath in and is obviously about to say something, but doesn't. That last note of the fourth phrase is full of anticipation, and that feeling of anticipation is the invisible background force on pitches that we're going to explore some more right now. Okay, so here's the game. And you can play along if you have your keyboard handy, or you can just sing along with it. Back in Lesson 4, we learned about syncopated rhythms, and we practiced some in Lesson 6 as well. 
and we're going to practice another one in this game. It's a call and response game. I'll do the calls, you do the response. Your response will always be the same. The rhythm will be ta di di ta, and you just sing or play that rhythm on a D pitch. D. So here's what the response should always sound like. Ta di di ta. Simple, right? I'm gonna have the hard part because my calls will be something different every time. I'll just be improvising a new melodic phrase each time on my keyboard. So again, I do a call. You do the response on the D pitch. Then I do another call. You stick with your response. And we'll go back and forth a few times like that. By the way, if you want to challenge yourself, you could make up your own different rhythms after the syncopated one if you want. For example, you could do ta di di ta di ta di instead of the ta di di ta if you like. Just as long as the pitch stays a D. Ready? Let's try it a few times. Ta di di ta. 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 What did you notice about your response pitch? Did it feel totally comfortable the whole time? Or did it seem like it was kind of building up tension? I know I felt pretty strongly that the pitch wanted to move by the third or fourth response. Let's see what happens if we move the pitch now. We'll do the same game. Your response will be exactly the same, except that you'll do it on the D pitch for your first three responses, and then on your fourth response, go down one white key. So just sing one step lower if you're using your voice, and do it on the C pitch. Ta di di ta. Let's try that. Here we go. Stay on the D pitch for three responses. Ta di di ta. Ta di di ta. Ta di di ta. One step lower for the C pitch. Ta di di ta. Did you feel as relieved as I did? So this is kind of a crazy phenomenon when you think about it. I mean, the physical properties of the response you were playing when you stuck to the D pitch didn't change at all, and yet. The same physical sound communicated a different level of tension in our musical minds each time, simply by virtue of the call I played right before it. Now, remember how nice it felt to play that C pitch finally. Let's play this game one more time, but this time I want your response to stay on the C the whole time. Ready? Ta di di ta. Ta di di ta. Oh my goodness! Now the C pitch feels like it's building tension. How did that happen? Well, I was using my call melodies to change what's called the technical term here, tonality. Tonality is really just a frame of reference that establishes one pitch to be like the home base of a song. And when this tonality frame is established automatically by our minds. This home pitch, technically called the tonic pitch, will be the one that gives us a feeling of resting equilibrium, and other pitches will give a greater or lesser feeling of tension. Of course, we only tend to notice these different feelings of tension or rest when the music kind of hangs out on a particular pitch or emphasizes it rhythmically, like our game did for your response pitch. 
So once your mind perceives a tonic pitch, usually by a melody just working within a scale that our music culture uses frequently, like the Do, Re, Mi major scale in European and American music, for example, all the other pitches in between the high and low tonics, so all the keys between C and the next higher C, orient themselves into a sort of constellation, with the tonic as their reference. And in this constellation, each pitch will feel like it's more or less strongly attracted to the tonic, based partly on how well it blends with the tonic and partly on your music culture's conventions. Now remember how we discovered back in lesson 3 that C and high C get the same letter names because they blend so seamlessly when played at the same time? And if you play C at the same time as other pitches, some will sound relatively pleasant and others just awful. That's the main basis for whether a pitch will feel like it can relax and hang out for a while, even if it's not the tonic, or it's just so not the tonic that it wants to get to the tonic ASAP. So if we think about the melodic structure of Sula Rula again, we can now explain why it needs a fifth phrase, instead of the more normal four, in order to feel complete. The tonic pitch was the first pitch of the song. But the fourth phrase ends by hanging out one step lower than the tonic, thus creating a fairly strong sense of tension, which is certainly not going to convince little Gertrude to go to sleep, and requiring a final phrase that does end on the tonic to assure us that all is well with the world. Now, consciously noticing tonality isn't just useful for explaining why melodies end where they do, it's also the first step to understanding one of the most powerful tools of emotional manipulation available to composers, harmony. So, with that eventual goal of understanding harmony in mind, let's start getting some practice at consciously picking out the tonic of a melody. I'm going to play a bunch of melodies for you here, and after each one, I want you to try your best to hum, or you can try fishing around on your keyboard if you prefer, the pitch that you think might be the tonic. Like I said, your brain is picking up on the tonic automatically, so if you let your intuition be your guide, you will likely be successful pretty quickly. So I'll play a melody, and then give you a moment to try to sing or play the tonic yourself, and then I'll sing and play the tonic so you can see if our tonics match. Here's the first melody. And here's the tonic. Now try this melody. And the tonic is... One more, and let's try one with low pitches this time.
and this tonic is... Did you notice that the tonic just happened to be the last pitch of the melody for each of those melodies? That doesn't always happen, but very frequently it does, because what better pitch to end on than the one that makes us feel most at rest? Now, consciously singing to yourself the tonic of a melody you just heard is a really good exercise for getting a feel for tonality and harmony, so I want you to do this same exercise for homework with any song you happen to hear, from a recording, a concert, the radio, whatever. If you're watching a movie or TV show and you notice a melody in the soundtrack, you see if you can figure out the tonic from that. This will train you to be able to notice the complex world of things happening in the background of the songs you hear. With practice, you'll be able to consciously notice the tonic of a melody even before you've heard the whole thing. It's usually implied within the first couple seconds of a melody. Try this little challenge. I'll play only half a melody this time. See if you can hum the tonic even though it won't be the last pitch you hear. Here's the tonic. How'd you do? Like I said, that was supposed to be a challenge, so don't worry if you found it difficult. The more you do your homework, the easier it'll become. In the next lesson, we're going to get into the weeds a bit with tonality and learn about the abstract pattern of incremental distances from the tonic that form the most common tonality constellation in Western music, the major scale. We'll also look at the most general harmony concept of blending pitches versus clashing pitches in actual music. In preparation for the next lesson, I'd like to remind you of a homework exercise I gave you a few lessons back when I asked you to try exploring the keyboard with the simple tune Rain Rain Go Away. So we originally played the song starting on G and just used the pitches G, E, and A. But if you try to transfer the same fingering pattern to start on a different pitch, like B for example, it might not sound like the same tune. If you haven't already explored Rain Rain Go Away all over the keyboard, try doing that before the next lesson. If you have tried Rain Rain Go Away all over the keyboard, I want you to try moving When the Saints Go Marching In around the keyboard in this same way. So for example, we learned When the Saints Go Marching In starting on G and using the pitches G, A, B, C, and D, right? Try keeping your fingering patterns the same, but move your whole hand to a different starting pitch, like D maybe, and see what it sounds like. If it doesn't sound quite right, try using your ear to pick out which ones are the wrong pitches, and try using other keys, namely the black keys, to finagle it into sounding right. This process of exploration will make our next lesson about scales much more concrete for you, so I highly recommend just spending a few minutes with the keyboard trying different things out. Our listening example today, the traditional Norwegian lullaby from the Gudbrandsdal Valley region, was sung by O. M. Sandvik on the 1954 Smithsonian Folkways Recordings album Songs and Dances of Norway. Please buy the album if you want to listen to and learn about more Norwegian folk music. It's full of lots of beautiful melodies. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode of Matt's Music Class, please support the podcast by telling a friend, reviewing on iTunes, or donating a couple bucks to it on my website, mwdaytonmusic.com. Thanks, and happy listening. <laughs>